Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you for joining me because these conversations are so uplifting and transforming, and they really help to make a difference in your life. And I find that what is really important in life is to be able to be nurtured in a way that allows us to heal, to grow, to expand, to transform, because that's how our life gets better. That's how our health gets better. That's how our relationships get better. Everything comes from within, from the choices we make, the strategies we employ, and the intuition and guidance that emerges when we connect more and more to our true self. And as always, I have a wonderful guest in store for you today. Before I jump in with my conversation today, I absolutely welcome everyone to join me on my Facebook page. Like me there because I will post all of my archive shows, and therefore you will never miss any of these great conversations. They'll come right to your Facebook page if you like me. And the Facebook page that I encourage you to go to and to like is What Women Must Know. And the reason my Facebook is What Women Must Know is because that is the name of the other podcast that I have on Progressive Radio Network, which is What Women Must Know. And that's every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you like me over at What Women Must Know, then you'll get both of those archive shows or the other option. And I absolutely invite you to come to my website and opt in there, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and Cheryl's always tricky, so it's two R's, two L's, as is Selman. <laughs> so uh, hope you'll be uh, opting into my newsletter. I keep you up to date with all sorts of information and goings on, so I welcome you to be part of my community. And let's talk about the conversation we're having today, because we're talking about the subject, Your Time to Thrive. It's a great topic. It's a great conversation. It's the name of a new book called Your Time to Thrive, End Burnout, Increase Well-Being, and Unlock Your Full Potential with the New Science of Microsteps. And my guest today is Mariana Kadekel, who is one of the co-authors, and a little bit about Mar- Marina, I'm sorry, Marina, um, is Thrive Global's Head of Content Development, bringing Thrive's corporate and consumer audiences, compelling multimedia storytelling, and actionable science-backed advice to help lower stress and improve well-being. And Marina has been a top editor for national media outlets, including Women's Health, Glamour, and Cosmopolitan. She co-authored with Ariana Huffington the new book that's just out, Your Time to Thrive. And the website is thrivegobal.com. And it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Marina to the show today. So hello and welcome to you, Marina. Cheryl, thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here today and, and getting to speak to you and to your wonderful audience. I'm so excited. Well, it's great having you because it's a great subject and you have some wonderful information, really leading-edge research that has a practical role in our lives. And that's what I really love about what we're talking about today. It's about being practical to make a difference in your life. Before we go there, I, I just would 
like you to share a little bit about your journey and how did you get to this place that, that you are in now as co-author of this book with Ariana Huffington. And you know, the, a book with a mission. So tell us a bit about that journey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I've been at Thrive for uh, two and a half years now. And, and before, um, much of my career was in more traditional media. So I had been an editor at Women's Health, at Cosmopolitan, at Glamour, and places like that. And I've always loved um, service journalism, which is really bringing people expert fact and science fact advice and the tips and tools that they need that you know no one really teaches us sometimes in life to to live our lives so i've edited everything from health content to relationships to careers and thrive gave me an opportunity to to bring them all together um and here you know ariana huffington launched thrive four years ago with the mission of ending the stress and burnout epidemic and helping individuals and companies unlock their greatest potential. Um, so I head up content here, and it's, it's so rewarding. You know, Thrive typically works with Fortune 100 companies to help their employees uh, start better habits and, and move from awareness to action because we all know what we should be doing, but it's harder to take that action. Um, and we wanted to make that philosophy and, and that program um, that, uh, so accessible to everyone. So we were really excited to, you know, to put together Thrive's first book, and this is Thrive's first book called Your Time to Thrive. You know, anyone can get their copy at yourtimetothrivebook.com. We've just seen an incredible, incredible response to it. So it's it's been genuinely rewarding to see people um, realize that they don't have to try, do this huge life overhaul to meaningfully change their habits and change their life. Well, what was the impetus to to do a book based on thriving? And I know that Ariana had quite a life-changing experience from her mad, crazy corporate life <laughs> that came to an abrupt halt. <laughs> it, to, you know, I'm sure that's part of the new direction that she has gone into. Um so so what what has been the um the origin of this book and this this uh, passion and purpose that you're on? Yeah, so you're right. You know, Ariana had a <clears throat> collapse from exhaustion and burnout in 2007. She um lit her cheekbone open, had to get stitches on her face. And she started going from doctor to doctor, wondering what is this mysterious medical ailment that caused her to to collapse. And what she discovered was that she was at the time, you know, a single mother uh, running Huffington Post, and she was burnt out and she was exhausted. And she was operating under that delusion that so many of us operate under that we have to burn out in order to succeed. Um, and she, you know, wrote a book called The Sleep Revolution after doing a lot of research. And from that, she started Thrive, basically to, uh, she, you know, she was, at, she was many years ahead of her time. This was when people were still talking about, you know, hustle culture, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, that's the way to success. But she started, you know, finding more and more science, and even since then, the science has built up that validated uh, ancient wisdom. And Ariana is a big, uh, a big follower of ancient wisdom. You know, the Stoics and other philosophers saying that 
investing in our well-being uh, and our mental well-being, our physical well-being, and, you know, the space to really connect with what's what most wisest and most creative in us is not um, – is not uh, – won't prevent us from being – uh, success and successful. In fact, it's it's not a nice to have. It's a must have um, for you know unlocking our full potential and really that resilience and and um, that we need to live the best lives and to live the lives we want. So, you know, we started writing this book before the pandemic. Um, we all knew that stress and burnout were already uh, an epidemic, but then the pandemic hit and the message in this book that you can start very small became more resonant than ever. You know, after the year we've had, everyone is so overwhelmed. Uh, the idea of making a big dramatic life change doesn't just feel daunting. It, it feels ridiculous. But the science tells us we don't have to turn our lives upside down. In fact, it's, it's more effective to transform what's not working in your life through small daily changes. So this book is, is our program. It's backed by science of how we can take care of ourselves and the burnout that we are all feeling in this moment um, and unlock our full potential. So we look at each pillar of well-being um, in the book. And these are often also the pain points that keep us from living the life we want. Uh, sleep, nutrition, movement, unplugging and recharging, focus, meaning, connection. Uh, and, and we give readers an approach that's easy and that they can customize to their own circumstances and lives but take people from awareness of like, yeah, yeah, I, I should be doing this to, okay, uh, I know how to act. I know how to start. Well, that's a big mission, and I really can relate to it because I had my own face-to-face -face encounter with stress and burnout, and mm -hmm. I, um, you know, I, I recognize what, what happens to so many people, and women especially, that you get caught up in relationships, in your work, with children, and it's like nonstop um, yeah. going, nonstop. And we push ourselves, and we are dealing with the stress of whatever the drama is in our life at the moment. And in our culture, we praise people who really are pushing themselves and, in a sense, sacrificing themselves to their job or to their families or trying to do it all, juggle everything. And, um, and so it's a deep wound in our culture because it is an experience that will ultimately lead to one's demise in one way or other. It will compromise our health. It will compromise the quality of the uh, people that we're relating to. Um, it'll, you know, it'll certainly um, make us less effective. And ultimately, like Ariana, can have profound consequences to your health. So I was in that place. And for me, the way it showed up in my uh, 40s, I was in my early 40s, the way it showed up was, um, um, gosh, I, uh, I was having anxiety attacks every, every night between 3 and 5 a.m. And I would wake up with anxiety and palpitations and, um, you know, I just didn't know what that was about. And I guess there were other things going on because I also discovered around that time I had gut issues and I, you know, had emotional imbalances. I, you know, it was like I was, I was, I was 
doing my life on all six cylinders with a couple of businesses mm-hmm. and every, juggling everything. And um, I spent a year going to therapists to try to understand what my anxiety was all about because when I would wake up between three and five, I would just have these anxious thoughts. My heart would be racing. Um, I just, you know, just couldn't get back to sleep. I was so stimulated with this fear and anxiety. And what, so none of the therapists could help me and I don't take medication. So that wasn't an option, although I tried all sorts of natural calming herbs and vitamins. And what, what was the key that unlocked this mystery in my life of what was generating so much disturbance was uh, the experiences um, starting to get night sweats. So I started to get night sweats at, like every night mm. around midnight. These kicked in, and you know I get drenched, and uh, you know it's not pleasant, but it was it was a clue because at least when you get night sweats, you can go ah. Oh, hormones something must be happening with my hormones and that was like the string that began to unravel this ball (laughs) of tangled you know thread because what it led me to was the understanding of adrenals because I was adrenally exhausted this is what I learned I didn't even know about Mm. adrenal exhaustion in fact when I was going through this adrenal exhaustion was not a subject that anyone knew about, even the best holistic integrative medical doctors that I saw did not pinpoint adrenal exhaustion. It was it was before it became the thing that has wow. really helped so many people. So my adrenals are exhausted and you, and you push, you don't sleep, you don't eat right, you don't give yourself any breaks you're dealing with your anger and your frustration which always is exacerbated from stress you're burning out your adrenals and your adrenals will lead to thyroid imbalances gut issues um, autoimmune issues you'll put on weight you can't think you lose your short-term memory everything goes when you are adrenally exhausted and um you know, I don't know what your research has found. If you, there's a statistic you can put on what percentage of the population has adrenal exhaustion, but I would imagine it's a huge percentage. Have you done any research into percentage of people who are adrenally exhausted? No, no, actually, um, we haven't, and I'm I'm very interested. I I want to hear hear more about that. Um, you know, this system is really for anyone. You know, who is experiencing any form of, you know, stress or burnout, whether, you know, it's just the normal, you know, the normal stresses of the day or however normal we we can be this year or somebody who is, you know, to the point of adrenal exhaustion. Um, That's so interesting. You know, what did you do? Did you, how did you, um, after you realized it, how did you start to, to help yourself? Well, you know, when someone has reached the point where they are basically depleted of the ability to generate any energy to support mm-hmm. healthy functioning of your systems, it, it's a radical reset because, yeah. you know, first of all, I, I, you know, I learned more about this. And then I, mm-hmm. um, and I was a psychotherapist. I've since become a naturopath, and it makes more sense to me now. But back then, no one really knew about this. 
And so I began a journey. I um, started to make changes in my diet. So I took out gluten and sugar and a lot of processed foods um, that I was eating. But I, you know, I mean, when you have coffee and an organic muffin for lunch, you're not really nourishing your body properly. And that's what I would do. So I had to begin to reevaluate the foods I was eating, how I was eating, because I was gluten intolerant, and gluten intolerance creates inflammation in your gut, and the adrenals produce a hormone called cortisol, which helps to manage blood sugar levels. So if you're bringing in carbs or sugars, you're going to always be, be putting a demand on your adrenals to make more cortisol to manage your blood sugar. So it's like exhausting that that level of functioning. So I had to change my diet. I had to um, give myself more permission to rest and to sleep. I took a variety of um, supplements and uh, did a lot with traditional Chinese medicine, which I have been working with even before then. And it's acupuncture and and, uh, tinctures, personalized tinctures that help to rebalance these systems that are so out of whack. some some of our some of our energies are depleted. Some are in hyperdrive, and it's a you know it's a it's a fast track to acceleration of aging. So it was like physically, emotionally, mentally, putting in meditation, getting more exercise, walking. You can't do excessive exercise, by the way, when you're adrenally burnt out. It will just stimulate it even more. You, like you're calling on reserves that you don't have. And it's going to put all the hormones out. So I have to, you know, begin to take these steps. Like we're going to talk about these micro steps of starting yeah. to make the changes. And it was like imperative to do that at this point in my life because it was so debilitating to my ability to function. Mm-hmm. And I knew that my body was, you know, falling apart, so to speak. So it, it right. was imperative you get to the place we can put up with a lot but when we start seeing our body falling to pieces it scares us and it's a big wake-up call so that's what I did and it was a it took some time but I have totally regenerated all the systems by making lots of positive changes which we'll talk about and you know I've never had those issues again and so because I'm mindful of it and it's a high priority in my life that's amazing. And you talk about wake up calls and you know, it's we are in such an odd moment right now, you know, everyone is holding their breath to, you know, both go back to normal and waiting to see what normal will be and the fatigue of all that of this year has been real, you know, the but also the pandemic has been a catalyst or a, a wake up call for all of us. You know, it's been a time for us to think deeply about the life we're returning to. Um, you know, we're not going back to quote-unquote normal, and we shouldn't. Um, So this is why we really wanted to put together one place, one book, one system that you can use to recover from all that stress and uncertainty. You know, the book offers a system for navigating all of that uncertainty without getting overstressed, you know, by starting small and without going back to old habits which don't serve us anymore um, and that allow us to develop you know, new ways, like you found, Cheryl, of self-care, new ways to work, new ways to cultivate, you know, even curiosity, purpose, and, and wonder again after more than a year of, of that collective breath holding. So I love um, that idea that, like, you know, everyone has these wake-up call moments, and we've had 
a very collective one, uh, a collective one recently that is, is making people think, hmm, like I, I want to change. I don't want to go back to to those habits that I was doing that aren't serving me anymore. And I think we've all learned a little bit more about ourselves, you know, whether it's reconnecting with our inner introvert or, uh, you know, it, it, we've gone inward. Um, so I find this a really interesting you know, wake up call kind of moment that, that we're rethinking. What do I want to go back to? How do I want to be? Well, I agree. It's a definitely a powerful moment where we have to wake up and reevaluate lots of things, and which is the whole energy of this time. And I agree, it's never going to go back to the way it was. So we have to change and we have to learn how to navigate change and how to be more in tune with ourselves so we can flow through uncertainty and unknown times right there's an inner there's an yeah. inner guidance there's an inner wisdom and to the degree that you are operating at a stress you can't even yeah. tune into that inner guidance because your mind is set into it's like um obsessive thinking obsessive thinking when yeah. you're in one one of the ways you know you're in a stressful place is you have obsessive thinking just keep that thought that upset that issue going round and round and that's like that's the only kind of thinking that you have and that's a clue and never act on that <laughs> it's just Ruminating. a symptom yep yes right it's a symptom that you're stuck exactly. in a groove based on stress and you'll never make good decisions based on whatever <laughs> solutions you think will come out of that moment of yeah. uh, kind of you know obsessiveness but um, I want to st- let's let's talk about the science of micro steps. I actually have not heard of this research before, so it's really intriguing. So tell us more about it. Yeah. So micro steps are they're small science-backed actions, and you'll find hundreds of them in this book uh, that we can start doing immediately to build healthy habits that really improve our lives and, all, and our well-being. And we call them too small to fail. So, you know, you might see micro steps in this book and think that doesn't seem like such a big deal. Um, and that's exactly right. The science shows that it's precisely these tiny steps that help us build habits that lead to big and meaningful improvements in our lives. You know, um, even the most generous estimates show that half of us fail to keep our New Year's resolutions. Um, and we pretty much know the reason. People start too big. Um, they make these big lofty goals. And then when they don't meet them immediately, they feel discouraged and they stop. And it's sort of uh, micro steps are an antidote to that black and white, uh, that black and white thinking. You know, it, it, it's now known that it takes 60 to 90 seconds to course correct from stress. Neuroscience shows us that. So we can't prevent stress in our lives. We just can't. But, but we can control how we react. Um, so why one of my favorite micro steps is, is what we call the reset. It's just focusing on the rising and falling of our breath for 60 seconds. And it activates our parasympathetic nervous system, you know, which is that relaxation response and, and lowers our levels of that stress hormone cortisol that, that you were talking about. And, you know, scheduling in even these 60 second breaks in, in our day are so important for, you know, reconnecting with that sense of focus. Um, and calm, you know, so we're not, you know, so many of us are going from Zoom call to Zoom call, you know, without even taking a break. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take that much to help us feel better. We don't need a huge vacation. We think like, oh, I need like three weeks off. 
Um, but really, when we start these, taking these small steps to infuse our lives with more mindfulness and gratitude and well-being, we can really help ourselves. We had sort of a mantra writing this book that there's nothing wrong with aiming big, but we can help ourselves by starting small. Um, and part of the science, too, is that micro steps uh, reinforce habits by helping us feel more in control. They give us something small to celebrate. So you might not, uh, you know, you don't have to slave away at the gym for, you know, for instance, you might have done five minutes of movement and that's something to celebrate. So micro steps give us something to celebrate. And willpower is not finite. It's a habit that can be built. It's a muscle that can be built. And these small micro steps really help build that muscle to create even more wins and good and good habits for ourselves. It's it's more important now than ever to le to leverage the science of starting small when, you know, we're so uh we're so overwhelmed. You know, everything feels so overwhelming. We've been called on to really, you know, use our reserves of resilience to get through this time. Um so this book, you know, gives you so many micro steps and, and not only micro steps, but storytelling and, you know, real people's stories and ancient wisdom. We say we can scream the science from the the mountaintops all day long, but unless you infuse the message with heart, you know, it's, it's hard to take away. So we've included also stories of people from all walks of life, you know, uh, from, you know, big names, you know, Tom Brady, Jennifer Aniston, they're, you know, what small steps they do to Thrive Staffers. Um, we, you'll see a microstep diary in each chapter from a Thrive Staffer actually trying one of these steps in their own lives and seeing how it goes. Um, so, you know, that's, it, it's, it's a very small building block to starting a habit and staying motivated to continue to do that habit and build upon that and build upon that. And that's the way it goes. I always tell people, who are wanting to make changes in their lives, you have to start with a baby step. You have to yeah. start one little teeny baby step moves you in a new direction. And I, I just want to share a story. I shared this in this previous conversation. I can't remember which podcast mm -hmm. I talked about it. But when I was doing um, workshops, I, I um, and, and my workshops were all about mind, breath, and stress, and healing, and transforming, and strategies to release the programmings that drove us to make the choices that bring us the stress. So it was, you know, an integrative and very profound program. And mm -hmm. there was a gentleman who uh, who was, uh, who told us, so he was closed, he was shut down, his heart was closed, he was kind of crotchety, and he said, we were talking about change and making these baby steps. And he goes, well, I can't. You know, I have the same breakfast every day of my life for the last, you know, 60 years. I, he has his oatmeal and he, you know, was going to stick with the oatmeal. And we're talking about making changes. And I said, well, you know, you may want to just have a different breakfast tomorrow. Nope, can't have a different breakfast. I love my oatmeal. That's it. I'm going to have that. I said, okay, you know, <laughs> can't do much. And and um and the next day, the second day of the seminar, he came in and he was beaming and radiant, and it's like, wow, this is a totally different person. And he shared that he was willing to have a different kind of breakfast, whatever eggs, whatever he had. 
And the act of that willingness to just change mm. a teeny little breakfast actually totally changed him in the most wow. profound way. And he really became this, you know, his heart opened. I don't know how that works, and I don't know exactly what went on, but I can tell you that mm. willingness to do something different opens up possibilities that we didn't see and couldn't even believe possible. Wow. You know, I think, you know, we know actually that a lot of that is about identity. A lot of change is about identity. The idea of I am someone who does this. So rather than seeing, for instance, you know, movement and exercises, I have to go do this. You know, I, I, I have to go work out or, you know, if you do three, you know, squats, then you become a person who moves. You know, if you walk more, uh, walking is an incredible habit, an incredible way to habit stack, it's, which we can talk about uh, in, in a little bit because I love habit stacking as well. But you become a person who does this thing. You know, I become, he became a person who is open to having a different breakfast or to change. The more, the smaller we can start, the easier it is to infuse these changes into our identity. I am a person who uh, prioritizes my wind down routine for sleep. I am a person who uh, sleeps with my phone outside the bedroom. You know, it, the, these are tiny, tiny steps, but then they can really, uh, they can really arm us with something that's motivational and inspirational. And that's, you know, shifting our identity to closer to the life we want to live. And I love that story about, about that man, you know, you just planted a little bit of a seed. He never thought he could, and then he did, and then he became it. Yeah, yeah, that, that always stuck with me. That was such a profound moment, I think, for everyone in that yeah. seminar as well as for him, right? That's some, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's, the, that's the, I guess it's the mystery of life. It's like when you are willing to get out of one set perception of reality like I am a person Mm. who eats oatmeal every day that's who I am that's my identity right if you're willing Mm -hmm. to be open to try something new which gives us another like our brain rewires in a new way because we're doing a new behavior and therefore Mm -hmm. we get to see the world in a new way because we are now neurologically wired in a new way and can observe a different take on our reality. Yeah, I mean it's it's called neuroplasticity. The more we we do something, it actually creates those neural pathways to be more open to that and and to be that. Um the you know, the habit we were talking about of you know, writing down three things you're grateful for, or thinking three things you're grateful for before you go to when you're brushing your teeth the more you do that the more your brain primes itself to do that you become a person for whom gratitude comes much more naturally it's so interesting it really is it is so what are your favorite little micro steps that you do to support yourself in life in your busy life because you know we talked about managing life and here you are 
you know, having that experience of being an editor of major magazines that, you know, would have to have been stressed producing no matter how hard you try <laughs> not to get caught up. And, you know, and, and, you know, here you are still involved in a major project. So what are your little micro steps that work for you? Yeah, the one that really changed changed my life and surprisingly because it's going to start so small, it's going to sound so small, uh, is a, around our relationship with technology. And, you know, technology is, is the ultimate paradox, right? It's the same devices that create opportunities for connection and convenience, and they also can sap our time and attention. Um, and it's a relationship that impacts you know, other key aspects of, of our well-being and performance from our sleep and our mental health to our ability to focus and connect with others. So mine, I was doing the thing that I think a lot of people do is when I woke up in the morning, the first thing I did was check my phone. I wasn't even fully out of bed. I would check my phone and I started experiencing not unlike you, this anxiety spike uh, each each day that would take hours to go away. It was physical and palpable and, you know, a shortness of breath. And I knew I didn't like the feeling uh, when I did that. So I I started challenging myself to take just one minute, 60 seconds in the morning before, between when I woke up and checked my phone. Again, it sounds ridiculously small and, and you know, hopefully I can build up to more. But that one minute, I would just drink a glass of water, which is a great habit stack because we wake up dehydrated. Or I would take a few deep breaths or set an intention for my day, what I wanted out of my day. And I started feeling better. I started, surprisingly so, I started feeling much less stressed. Um, and I, I was surprised because it was one minute. <laughs> um, and it was only after I started doing that and made it more of a habit than I realized why it was so bad that I was doing it. And, you know, when we start our day immediately looking at our phones, um, we start it focused on what other people want from us, you know, if we check our emails or, or texts, um, and what inspires other people if we start it by scrolling through social media, or we start it by reading the scary news headlines of the day. And all those things are stressful, and none of them are about what we want from our day and, and what we want to focus on. So just that one minute to set my intention and say, like, I want to get this out of my day, whether I write down my goals or just breathe, uh, made it made a huge difference in my stress levels. And um, I've, I've told everyone about it that I could tell because it was shocking how how big of an effect that tiny, tiny step made for me. Well, and you know, Cheryl, another amazing. another micro step. Yeah, it, it really was amazing. It really was, and that's that's a micro step um, that has to do with the morning, you know. And and another micro step that really changed me is something that has to do with with the night, right? So, yeah, with our kids, we don't just plop them into bed and expect them to to sleep. Um, and, and we shouldn't do that with ourselves either because it's, it's not realistic. So we know we need to prioritize this wind down routine. Um, you know, I, I wasn't doing that. And when we don't sleep, you know, sleep is a, is a keystone habit. Um, it transforms everything else in our lives. Uh, when we don't get adequate sleep, you know, we do not perform well. We uh, are in worse moods. You know, we make poorer choices. We can't focus. It, 
it all comes together. That sleep is the first chapter of this book uh, intentionally because it is this powerful lever that makes other important habits and decisions easier. So I started setting an alarm for half an hour before I wanted to go to bed. Uh, so much of this book is about priming our environment to make it easier on ourselves to move towards the habits and behaviors that we want to do. So, you know, I would look up at the clock and say, oh, no, I should have been sleeping already. So I started setting an alarm, um, again, you know, using technology for good for an hour or half an hour before I wanted to be sleeping so I could use that time uh, to really prioritize my nighttime routine, you know, escort my devices outside of the bedroom, um, do other micro steps, you know, take a minute to write down a list of three things I, I need to do tomorrow. So, you know, getting that out of my head, turning the lights down, you know, um, priming priming the environment for better sleep. And that, that really, really helped me. It just made it so much easier to, to do what I wanted to do. That's, you know, that's, that's the power of um, just choosing little actions. And, and I, you know, as you're talking, I, I really wanted to, kind of step back, back, you know, and, and out mm-hmm. and get the bigger view because, you know, I think the question is why. You know, why are we going to do these things? Why are micro steps mm-hmm. and changing behaviors and finding more uh, uh, appropriate behaviors that will support ourselves to function better and day? Why are we doing that? And I think that big question is so important because, in my experience, the more we identify and align with the infinite power that we are, the more we are able to have a life that flows, that is able Mm. to um, be in harmony, that is able to um, keep us in peace, right? The more we do that, the the more we are... Um, supporting the connection to the greater purpose for which we are here, which is know thyself. And I think this is so profound, and we have to we have to have a context of why we want to initiate changes that bring us more peace, more harmony, more physical healing in our bodies. And uh, that, to me, is the greater purpose. You know, we're here to learn who we are, and out of that, we have great power to transform, to find a greater purpose, a greater passion, to make a difference in the world. But if we are functioning with the illusion that we are just, you know, a slave to our devices, we're here just to run that hamster wheel, if we're just here to, you know, clock in and get a wage, we are truly missing the gift of life. And this is part of the spiritual awakening that is happening now. This is part of what the gift of this lockdown or you know, crazy time has been. It's given people a chance to really reevaluate what is this life about? What's important and how am I going to get connected again to what's the, the real values, the real truth, the real... Uh, a purpose of this existence. So, you know, I hope that doesn't sound too far out. But that, to me, 
no. the big picture of why we need to do these things. Because if you get up out of bed and go for your phone first two seconds you're awake, you are changing your brain waves, you're externalizing, you are losing that precious time in the morning when we are more in touch with ourselves, our brain waves are different, we can be empowered to create our day when we stay in that special place before we engage our left brain. That is so beautifully put, Cheryl, and it's 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 so true, you know. People will ask, why why is there ancient wisdom woven throughout this book? And it it speaks to what you just said, you know, the Stoics and, and the ancient philosophers, they had these timeless lessons and timeless truths, and they knew that we all have this place of wisdom and creativity and purpose inside of us, um, and, and that when we take care of ourselves, we're far better able to access that. You know, um, I love this quote from the 17th century French philosopher Blaise Pascal. He said, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Um, so, you know, it's it's never been easier to, to run away from ourselves and get on our devices and, and feel connected when we're really not and feel so overwhelmed by the next items on our to-do list that we fail to nurture that sense of meaning and purpose uh, that we all share. You know, it's our one of Ariana's favorite quotes is from um, the poet Rumi, and, and, and it's become one of mine. And she says, live life as if, or Rumi says, live life as if everything is rigged in your favor. And at <laughs> first I was like, huh, what does that mean? Um, and then, you know, I came to really understand that it means we we can't know what's in store for us. But we can choose to find meaning and purpose and possibility and joy in our daily lives. And and when we do, when we do live life as if everything is rigged in our favor, then then we can we can really thrive. I mean, to your point, the philosophers going back in time to the ancient Greeks have been asking, what is a good life, right? Like, what is it? What is a good life? And you know, somewhere along the way, we abandoned the question and really shifted our attention to how much money we can make, how big a house we can buy, how high we can climb the career ladder, um, all those things. It's just so sad. Actually, in one survey, nine out of ten career professionals said they'd accept lower future earnings for work that was more meaningful. So we know we want that. We know we want uh, that sense of, of meaning and purpose. And that's why we actually devoted a, a whole chapter uh, of, of the book to that. You know, Ariana calls it the eye of the hurricane. You know, wherever we are in life, whatever challenges we face, uh, each of us has within us these qualities that we need to truly thrive. It's just that we don't automatically know. You know, no one really teaches us. How can we tap into the qualities when our lives seem designed to keep us from from that eye of the hurricane, that centered place of, of strength and peace and wisdom that, that we all have inside of us? So that, you know, I, that resonates so deeply with me, uh, what you what you said, Cheryl, and I think uh, you'll see that throughout this book, um, we address that. And actually, at the end of each chapter, there's a place where readers can sit for a minute and uh, reflect on what they've just read and sort of uh, plan and ideate and, and dream up, you know, what, what micro steps do you want to start with and where do you want to go? We, we intentionally put that sort of workshop, workbooky 
uh, type place at the end of each chapter so people can, you know, reflect and decide what they want for themselves and, and go inward a little bit. Well, what's really special about your book and the research you have put together is that you are giving a, a smorgasbord <laughs> of micro steps, right? <laughs> you know, we have books that talk about gratitude, and I want us to talk a little bit about gratitude, you know. But, yeah. So there are books about gratitude, and there's books of strategy and sleep. So you have put together a wonderful little compendium of micro-step strategies that cover, you know, all the key important areas of our life, from sleep to unplugging and recharging, movement, I'm just going through the list, focus and prioritization, communication and relationships, creativity and inspiration, purpose and meaning. Those are, you know, big categories that have huge impact on how we Choosing to live in you know, body of life, people yeah. just going go through each of them or go to the one that's relevant. It's giving those little micro steps. So, which has you have to make to go micro steps in your life for anything to change. You, if you, one of my favorite sayings is that if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. If you want anything oh, I love that. to be different, it's, it seems it could be the most absurd, you know, it could be like going down a different street instead of the same street. It could be brushing your teeth with your left hand rather than your right. It doesn't matter. Anything different will open up a moment of new possibilities. Absolutely, and you actually... Verbatim almost touched on one of the micro steps in the, in the creativity chapter. Take a different route. You know, it, it's so true. It, it opens up a whole new, uh, a whole new world of possibilities. Just so, just a very small step like that. No, I love that. And you're right. I mean, we uh, this book touches on all of those pillars of well-being because they are all so interconnected and. You know, there are books that just talk about, you know, nutrition or, you know, and, and, and they're valid, but uh, we wanted this to be a real system. Um, you could you could start wherever you want. You could dip in and out, but it really is a system that, you know, helps people start living the life they want in all these different realms and unlocks that, that resilience and, and, and that potential in us. That's beautiful. So let's let's go share some of your favorite little micro steps so we can give people something to start activating right away in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, schedule time to go outside. That's a micro step uh, that has so many benefits. Just a few minutes during the day can make such a big difference. You know, simply being outdoors, surrounded by nature, um, there's so much science saying it not only improves our well-being, but it actually inspires you to be more creative and, and more present. Um, that is that is one that that I love. Um, you mentioned gratitude. Uh, you know, I talked about the habit stack of, of thinking of, of three things you're grateful for. We were talking about purpose. You know, one of the best um, one of the best micro steps to connect with a deeper purpose or meaning, especially in our work. Um, you know, 
which is really important because we tend to overlook the meaning and impact of, of what we do and what we create at work, um, is asking who benefits. Just that simple micro step, asking yourself, uh, instead of focusing on what you do, consider who benefits. You know, when you're struggling with your work, think of someone or a, a population, or it might be your family, who might benefit from it um, to sort of re, uh, to restart that, that place of meaning uh, in us. So uh, another amazing micro step that I love is about uh, communication. Um, so, you know, loneliness is a huge epidemic now, and people have had a really hard time connecting this year. Um, this is something that you can do even over technology, you know, over Zoom with people you work with, with your family. I love this one. And, and the micro step is to swap, how are you, for a deeper question. Um, so we, you know, we all sort of go through our day with some small talk and how are you? Great, fine, okay. Um, but if you want to deepen your connection with someone and their connection to others is so powerful, it actually builds up those reserves of resilience so that we can approach, you know, future challenges um, with more with more resilience. Building up our connection is so important. That's why we have a whole chapter about it. And instead of saying, how are you, you could ask, what's on your mind? Even that simple shift opens it up to, you know, from a simple yes or no question, from a small talk question, to something that can help you go deeper. What's on your mind? Or what challenges did you face today? Um, it can give you the chance to learn about and honor someone else's experience. Um, you know, another really great one is, Ask someone for uh, their feedback for you. And we talk about compassionate directness in the book, and that's the philosophy of, you know, giving your feedback in the moment, not letting things fester. As a psychotherapist, you probably know a lot about what can happen when people let their, when people, you know, don't speak up and, and let their grievances and, and disappointments fester. But compassionately direct, being compassionately direct is, you know, it's a muscle that you can build, but it's, about saying in the moment your feedback for someone with directness, but also compassion, you know, and asking a friend or a family member for their compassionately direct feedback of you, you know, once a day <clears throat> or even once a week, um, <clears throat> it can really deepen uh, those bonds. You know, some, sometimes our impact on others just doesn't match up with our intentions. And so receiving that honest feedback, you know, might sting at first, but it's a really valuable opportunity to build that self-awareness and to let the other person know that you care what, what they think and, and you care about their experience. Um, and it also helps us, as you said, Cheryl, know, know ourselves and get back to that place of knowing ourselves. Those are just a, those are just a few of the ones that uh, I particularly love. I could go on all day about, <laughs> about more of my favorite micro steps. And, and there are, as I said, you know, hundreds and if you, they're not all going to be right for everyone, and, and that's sort of the beauty of it. You can you can pick what works. All of these are such great, simple solutions. Some of them are actually more challenging than others. I think compassionate uh, conversations, the feedback can be the biggest challenge for people <laughs> that I know. Mm -hmm. it, it certainly is for me. So you take whatever strategy that you're comfortable with in this moment, and uh, that's what's great that you've put so many together. So in the in the few minutes that we have left, Marina, what what is it that you haven't had a chance to communicate yet or 
what is it you would like to share before we have to bring this wonderful and very inspirational conversation to a conclusion today? Well, this has been so wonderful to be here with you, Cheryl, and I I love hearing from you uh, about your stories. And, you know, I think something that is also woven throughout this book before we even start a micro-step, it's really about our mindset, Um, figuring out, you know, the stories we tell ourselves about about ourselves. For instance, you know, in, in the nutrition and hydration chapter, we talk about how our nutrition choices are about much more than what we eat. You know, they're connected to our environment, to our habits, to the mindset that we bring to each day. And our beliefs really shape our habits, whether it's, you know, eating or communicating or, or anything else. So uh, I think it's really important that we challenge these some of our limiting beliefs that, that we have. Like, uh, you know, people might tell themselves, I don't have time uh, to eat right, or I don't have time to move. And we challenge that, you know, microsteps are the ultimate challenge to that because they are so small. You know, we don't even call it exercise. In the book, we call it movement because so much science says that just, you know, sneaking in small bursts of movement in our day, even a one-minute stretch break um, between meetings can be so important. Uh, and and actually really, really beneficial to both our mental and physical health. So, you know, I want to challenge people to sort of uh, think about, you know, those those limiting beliefs, like, oh, I, I don't have time, you know, to eat healthy. Well, try swaps. You know, swaps are a very tiny thing you can do. Swap just one, you know, if you like soda, just swap one a day with water. Start with that. Um, you know, sugar, you know, increases our inflammation, uh, which limits our immune response. So, you know, start small. We don't have to do this this big life change all at once and cut everything, you know, quote unquote bad out. You know, add some lemon or add some fruit to your water to make it more flavorful. Keep a carafe next to your workstation to prime your environment to make it easier for you. Uh, these tiny steps really, really do add up. You know, my favorite nutrition micro step is actually sitting down. Sit down when you eat, even if it's just for a few minutes. Um, mindless eating, we all know, can lead us to consume more. Uh, we can feel bloated. But if you can, you know, choose a place to eat that's not the same place you work and, and make it a meal and take that time to be, to, to be a little bit more mindful. I think the underlying theory of this book and the science of this book is starting small works. Starting small gives us something to celebrate. Starting small doesn't feel overwhelming and it can change our lives in ways that we had not foreseen. You know, micro steps really changed my life. The one that, that I told you about, you know, not checking my phone for just one minute after I wake up, uh, it really lowered my levels of anxiety in a way that even I who work at Thrive, who, who, you know, worked on this book, didn't believe it could. And it did. Um, so, you know, I, I challenge listeners out there to, you know, look at their limiting beliefs, look at their mindsets about why maybe they can't change some of these aspects of our lives um, and and start really small. Uh, this, this book is a no-judgment zone. You can figure out that a micro step is not right for you. Uh, choose another. And you can move on to trying something else. You can dip in and out of chapters. 
but it's important that we act. Um, you know, as I said before, we all sort of know the things that we should be doing, but it's it's difficult to start to start action. And this book really does give us a doable and very easy guide to a happier and more fulfilling life in all the realms that we discussed. Well, you've done a great job inspiring us to pick up a copy of your book, Your Time to Thrive, End Burnout, Increase Well-Being, and Unlock Your Full Potential with the New Science of Microsteps. What is the best website, Marina, for people to go to? I, um, I know that there's one website called Thrive Global, but I think you have another one that's specific to the book. What's the, what's the, what's yeah, the exactly. The book can be, you can get it at yourtimetothrivebook.com. So it's just Your Time to Thrive, which is the title of the book. Um, with the word book at the end, dot com. Uh, and, you know, I invite everyone listening to follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, I'm just my name, Marina Kadekel, which you can find by going to yourtimetothrivebook.com and connect with me and let me know, you know, if you check out the book, what, what's resonating with you? What, what micro steps have you tried? Uh, I always love, I love hearing the, the stories and success stories of, of people who've actually tried it. Well, that's a great idea. I'm sure you have a lot of great success stories. What you're sharing is a practical, proven way to become someone you've always wanted to become. <laughs> so it's a fun way I to say I love that. It. So, um, um, you know, it's been such a pleasure having this conversation. You're doing such inspiring work in the world, and your book is certainly a wonderful little you know, action step plan to change your life in those little micro step ways. So give people a lot of creative ideas and possibilities and simple things. You have to keep things simple, right? So it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, I just wish you uh, the greatest success, Marina. So it's, um, you know, just I hope you continue to thrive and shine out there. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Cheryl. And we were talking about gratitude, and, and I'm grateful for you and for this conversation. Thank you so much. And I want to thank all my listeners for joining me again. We've had this great conversation with Marina Steckel, who is co-author of Your Time to Thrive and Burnout, Increase Well-Being, and Unlock Your Full Potential for the New Science of Microsoft. And you can find out more at yourtimetothrivebook.com. And thank you for joining And as always, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.